She's a filmmaker that is very unknown, but I can't seem to find too much about her. But what I understand is that her body of work has made a huge impact on the world of horror lately, I assume. This episode of Attack of the Killer podcast, we talk about horror director Anne E. Log. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer y'all welcome to another episode of attack of the killer podcast i was informed during the theme song that uh any log is not a person but a subgenre of films on the internet that thing called the internet so i guess i'm old and out of touch you're way off this is episode 258 and so i guess we're talking about analog horror the genre have you guys heard of this before, Analog Horror? Who are you asking? I, yeah, you guys. People or All of you. The guys. listeners or <laughs> No, because you were just you, talking to the them. The podcast yeah. peoples. Oh. And, and by that you mean... Oh, as the feet? scholars of the guys film that, that we are, of course we'd all heard of Analog. I have never met Analog. No. <laughs> I thought this was an, a, I thought it was anal uh, log. <laughs> anal clog. Andy's favorite. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, my anal clog oh, uh, videos. Um, um no, I, I, I was the one that recommended this, but I have I was just dipping my toe into it, and I thought it would make an interesting episode. Cool, good. So I'm not the only one old and out of touch. Great, because I had not heard of the genre before. And what is sad is my 13 year old son Simon, who just two years ago wouldn't even enter a room when I was watching a horror movie, had to teach me about analog horror and actually recommended some for the show. Heck yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, so if this is your first time listening to the show, Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast where a bunch of old men who don't understand <laughs> these weird internet trends like your creepy pastas or your analog horrors. We get together, we pick a topic, we discuss films within that topic, we speak openly and freely like we usually do in, our, in the retirement home. So there may be spoilers. So get off my lawn. If you are out of touch with all the stuff on the internets, you may not have heard of this thing called Patreon. What that is, is <laughs> what that is is a way to join your favorite creators community and pay them for making stuff you love. There is something on the internet that is uh, way better than your standard Patreon, and that is becoming an attacker. That's right. Attack of the Killer podcast has one of those Patreon thingies, but it ain't your mother's <laughs> Patreon. It's so much more. Becoming an attacker, you can help support the show. And as a way of saying thanks, you can get way more bonus and extra content than any other people. You can get bonus episodes and also ask us questions for a topic for those bonus episodes. You can also get your own membership card and certificate and sticker. You also get early access to the regular episodes. You get shout outs on the show. And our website, uh, you can get a playlist of all of the original music that's on the show. 
There are video series that you can get, such as Insane Mike's Women at Top Ten List, video updates, killer critiques. You can even get your own damn Attack of the Killer podcast t-shirt. You can choose a movie for one of our movie watch parties. You can hang out with us once a month on the monthly horror hangout show and tell. And even get original art by me called Mikey's Monsters, where I draw you as a monster of my choice. So much cool stuff, right? You too can become an attacker by joining by going to jointheattackers.com, pick the tier that best suits you to get the content you deserve. Again, that site is jointheattackers.com. And while you're signing up to become an attacker, I will introduce you to the podcast crew. He's so old that he sat down at the breakfast table and heard snap, crackle, and pop, and he wasn't even eating cereal. Jason! Hey! That's so true. (laughs) I want a bowl of cereal now. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. We're so happy you're here. Now that he's getting older, he's using his glasses more. When he was younger, he could just drink straight from the bottle. Tad! I uh, come on. I, I probably relate more to Jason's, but hey, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> he knows he's getting older when his back goes out more than he does. Andy, <laughs> I was recently at a chiropractor, and I had the whole um, let's say uh, Freddy versus Jason bed treatment. That's what the fuck it felt like. Oh so, my! Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, I just thought you know what would have been cool. What's that? To look, if if we would have had like a slowed down version of the theme, of the A team oh, yeah. theme during all that, all those <laughs> interests. Uh, trust me, the A team theme is dated and old enough. I think yeah, uh, that's you probably nobody just knows what it even is. Yeah, that's true. You, you just revealed a secret to half our listeners that that's from an old TV show that had a man named Mister T and he had a mohawk. <laughs> well, they're probably all like, "Oh yeah, that movie from ten uh, years ago." Nope, that's even too old. Yeah, this is true. It's true. <laughs> I'd rather watch the series. Yes, yep. me too. Be one of the cool kids and sign up for Shudder. Shudder is a streaming service that is all horror. See, I can remember when I was a kid, back when our only options was cable. Uh, there was Comedy Central, which was all co- an all comedy channel. MTV was actually all music video channel. I know, weird. Um... All I wanted as a kid was an all-horror movie channel. Now we live in a time we actually have one, and it's awesome! Shudder has the best in horror movies from the silent era all the way up to 2022 original films. If you are a horror fan at all, and if you are a listener to this show, well, I assume you are a horror fan, then you need Shudder! You can get your first month of Shutter for free from us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Just enter our promo code AOTKP and you can get a month of Shutter absolutely free. That promo code again is AOTKP. As podcasters, our job is to watch movies and then talk about them. Sometimes, though, we need a little time off. And what do we do with our free time? We watch movies. Here's Tad with what we watched. What we watched. Well, I know we all watch the Oscars because you guys all love highbrow artsy films. But um, besides mm-hmm. that, Andy, what have you watched? Okay. 
Um, I got a few I want to talk about here. Um, on Netflix, <laughs> the wife and I watched The Harder They Fall, which is a... I think it's pretty much an all-black cast, and it's a Western, and it's got Delroy Lindo, and it's kind of like... Uh, it almost has like a Kill Bill kind of vibe to it. It's a, it's a Western revenge story um about this guy that witnesses his mother and father killed and he's and he's a bait and bait well he's not baby but uh let's say he's around 10 years old and the guy that killed his folks takes a straight razor and carves a um cross into this guy's forehead because his father was a preacher and it and it just spawns from there and it was actually it was actually really well done um, it's got great um, B characters, you know, the, your typical gunslingers, all this and that. And the one thing that I thought was interesting is like they actually, you know, when horses get shot in this movie, you see like flesh, you know, fly off of them. And, you know, when they when they are lying on the ground and, you know, the these other uh, cowboys are getting shot at. You you see the bullets hit the horse that you know with, that they're hiding behind. So I mean, it doesn't really pull a lot of punches. But uh, good movie, good time. Um, another one I'd like to talk about, which I thought was really really good, and I won't spend too much time on it because Tad told us told us about us told us about this once, and it was Nicolas Cage and Pig. Yay. <laughs> And I really, really liked this movie. I was, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. And all the time that he's there, I'm expecting him to freak out, you know, because I think a lot of people expected it to be similar to John Wick. This is, <laughs> this is like, you know, well, you know, it's basically yeah. he wants, he wants to get his animal back. And um, I won't spoil it because I want people to watch this because they need to because it's a great character study. Um, but just his, the way that Nicolas Cage's character views the world, you, uh, you know, you, you think he's like this idiot that just lives out in the boonies, but the way that he views the world, you almost kind of envy him a little bit, just how he can just, you know, I, because he was, he was, his character years before was kind of on top of the world and now he just doesn't care. He just doesn't really. He's, he he has a sense what he what he knows and believes is what's truly important in life. At least that's what I got from it. Um, but very very good movie. Um, very uh, and also very heartbreaking. But I won't tell it say more than that. Um, the horror movie that I one of the horror movies that I watched was a I think it's yeah twenty seventeen. It's called Ghost House. You guys heard of this? Yeah, mm-hmm. Isn't that uh, um, like a New Zealand movie? I think, right? Um, no. Um, this is this takes place in Thailand. It's got Scott Taylor Compton in it. It's about uh, oh, the ghost. I'm, I'm totally off. Then I'm totally thinking something. Else. Well, basically, she gets uh, Scout Taylor Compton's. Uh, she's like uh, newly engaged with her boyfriend. They travel to Thailand, and um, like a lot of uh, Asian horror, they're they rely heavy on their jump scares because that's kind of like their bread and butter. You know, all of a sudden you just see this, you know, gnarly looking ghost, but basically a ghost is uh, haunting her because she unwittingly took something from a ghost house and she 
didn't get a chance to put it back. And it's actually for for what it was, it was actually actually pretty good. Lower budget, but done really well, I think. I also watched uh, Jim Jarmusch's uh, Coffee and Cigarettes. Have you guys seen this? Jim Jarmusch likes his uh, black and white. Never actually seen it. Familiar with it, but never seen it. Um, I didn't know if I was going to like it or not, but it's basically people just having... It's talking heads, essentially, because it's just them, these people talking, smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. And it makes for a lot of awkward conversations when you've got, like... Steve Buscemi talking about Elvis, you know, to these two um, twins that are black and they can't stand each other. One's the good twin and the evil twin. That's just one of them. You've got the Wu- two members of the Wu-Tang Clan drinking and smoking. Uh, well, they want to smoke weed, but they can't. But uh, Riza and Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan share a scene with Bill Murray. And Bill Murray is drinking straight from the carafe. And it's actually pretty damn funny. Um. Another one is Iggy Pop and Tom Waits talking to each other about music, and and it's like really damn awkward. Also, the White Stripes are in it. It's worth it's worth a watch. I found it oddly engrossing. Huh? That's I. It's one of the few movies I've turned off. I've made it really halfway. I had such a hard time with it. Um, some of them just... do. Some of the scenes do drag. I'm I I won't I won't deny that. But um, I'm sure that's all it was. Yeah. It's a different kind of film and I'm it not is. opposed to Jarmusch or anything, but it was just tough and I gave up. Um, <laughs> see, um I also watched a movie. Have you ever guys ever heard of the movie called White Girl? I seen White Chicks. <laughs> well, basically this was created uh quite a stir at Sundance, I think like in 20, 2016. It really, really reminded me of Larry Clark's kids because it's this this girl that wants to go into, uh, I think NYU or something like that, and she moves into New York in this into this sub suburb, I think in in Brooklyn, and she befriends this drug dealer and she starts sleeping with him. Only the Chris, the the drug dealer, gets arrested and she's like got a whole shitload of cocaine that. He he got stuck with, and he owes it to the dealer, and now she has to sell it, and she has to try to get him out, and she's trying to sell it, and uh, she's snorting half of it and partying. Um, you, I mean, if you want to see two chicks do a rail of coke off a guy's dick, this is your movie. I'm not joking. Um, Man, I've always wanted to see that. I was right? like, we're not doubting you, Andy. No one will ever <laughs> doubt you. Um, and the funny thing is the guy that she does it to plays Doug in The Hangover, which is kind of hilarious. Um, it's it's called White Girl, but it should be called How to Fuck Up Your Life in Three Weeks or Less because that's exactly what happens. This movie is freaking apeshit. It's not really for the squeamish. Um, I also, uh, and I, had, I hadn't seen it since it came out. And I'm I'm getting close to getting done here. Um, I hadn't seen Dead Silence since it came out, and I realized how awesome this I thought this movie was cool. because I had forgot that it was uh, Lee Wannell and James Wan. Yep. Um, 
basically, you know, the old lady, you know, if you scream, she rips your tongue out and she was this, this ventriloquist and this, and it's a town with this. It's, it's one of those movies with the town with the secret. And I completely forgot that, uh, Ryan Quanton, uh, Jason Stackhouse from, uh, True Blood played the lead. And yeah, I just, I popped it in one day. I was just like, damn, I forgot how good this was. I just, I had to sit down and finish it. Good. I haven't watched it in forever, and I'm glad to hear it holds up because I always, I always thought that film needed way more praise than it ever got. So mm-hmm. I think it's it like was, a 15th it, anniversary or something already on that. Wow, it c- could be. I mean, it was it, it was their film that they did directly after Saw, wasn't it? I thought it came yeah. before. Was it after? No, it, it was before. after because they oh, used okay. the popularity of Saw to get it made, basically. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And the last one uh, that I watched, um, watch this with the wife because I love biography films. And, you know, you know me. I mean, I love Goodfellas, uh, House of Gucci, Wolf of Wall Street, all that stuff. I watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye and I absolutely friggin loved this movie. It was it was a pleasant surprise. Um me personally, uh, Jessica Chastain deserved that Best Actress Award. I think mm-hmm. she's this generation's Meryl Streep. I think she's that damn good. Um, this movie is excellent. And another thing I want to add, and I will send it over to somebody else. If Andrew Garfield was not nominated for Tick, Tick, Boom, he should have been nominated for this freaking movie. He is outstanding. He was. I mean, played her husband, Jim Baker. But um, highly recommend this movie. Um, it shows you what um, what a total sweetheart that Tammy Faye Baker actually was. But it also makes you question: like, is she really that naive? It's kind of like on the same lines of how I felt with um, I Tonya. No, because like, do, are you really going to play that big of a fool? You know, you should have known what's really going on, but. Um, very, very good movie, and I highly recommend it. I will send it over to whoever Tad wants to send it to. <laughs> well, yeah, I talked a little bit. Actually, I talked a lot about Tammy, the eyes of Tammy Faye, and Andrew Garfield's performance on my Oscar episode, so shameless plug, first-time podcast, uh, <laughs> available wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Jason, what have you watched? I felt I've watched a lot of movies, and I, I think I'm just catching up because I... Five of them were from last year, and then I watched a new one, which is still kind of old. But um, I finally watched Jackass Forever. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. That was so much freaking fun. I loved it so much. The new crew is is great. The events are insane, as always. Um, And very touching at the end where they kind of show the – year one and you know 10 years and 20 years and show a lot of that that's pretty cute pretty sweet yeah i'm excited for a 4.5 with all the right. stuff they deleted but <laughs> right they, they still had in the trailer like there's so many things in the trailer that never get, came on screen mm-hmm. so you know they had a lot of footage that got put on the floor i watched the power of the dog and i didn't really like it Really? Yeah. I I mean, I like Okay, Sam Elliott. I like the uh, I like the cast a lot. I like the setting. I like, you know, westerns. It's all good and fine, but I just 
uh, it's I don't know. It's part. It's part. I wish she dispelled more out to me, but I don't know if I even. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It didn't win Best Picture, so that's you yep. know. Um, <gasps> I finally watched Spider Man No Way Home. Finally. Yay! Yeah, you are behind. That. Way behind, I'm, right? I'm behind too. Yeah, it was fantastic. Me, me and the boy, we got some pizzas and we sat down and watched that. It was great. Love that show. I love that series. It's so good. Don't have to tell you guys. So then I watched. So this movie, Tatane. Okay, so <laughs> here, here's the thing. Um, I have had brain surgery and I have a titanium piece of metal in my brain right on the same spot with the same ish scar. My scar is bigger. Um, it loops up a little higher and looks more like a backwards question mark, but it's the same. So are you sure your father isn't a car? (laughs) I was going to say, are you still talking about the plate? So, like, I knew you guys had talked about it forever, and I knew it was going to be weird. And so I, I watched the trailer before I before, – I mean, I knew I was going to watch it, but I'm like, I'll just watch the trailer really quick. And I was like, okay, I see what they're talking about. This is pretty weird. And uh, But then, you know, there was – um, it was good. Well, I was just nervous at first because I'm like, oh, sh- oh no, this movie – is this a story about me? No, it's not. Thank God. <laughs> or, or am I going to st- – do I have a car thing? I don't know. It was, it was there was way too many similarities to the brain injury. And but um I thought that and I wished I didn't watch the trailer slash I wished I'd listen to you guys less because I was like at the <laughs> because the trailer like really sells it on being super fucked up. And I didn't think it was that and fucked it's up. Not. I didn't think it was that weird of a movie. I I mean, yeah, it's crazy and it does and it goes strange places and I and I like the journey of the main girl for sure. I think mm-hmm. I like it. But it definitely you know, once she you know, halfway through the movie it changes to almost a different kind of movie. Um it's it's totally good. I just I don't know. I was a little I um again, sorry to keep referencing it, but we were talking about uh best foreign feature on my uh Oscar episode and a movie that ended up winning called Drive My Car um from Japan, you know. Yep, a, yep. I remember uh, talking about also it. up for best picture and I said uh I thought this was pretty good. I said um my favorite foreign movie of the year was Fuck My Car, also known as Titan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, those scenes were so awesome. I mean in the but, beginning of the movie and Yeah, it was up for it was in the short Oscar shortlist. Um I guess like every country outside the US gets to submit like pick one film. I don't know who picks it to submit to the Oscars and they chose like France chose Titan, which is awesome. Like or, it's so ballsy, man. Or it's right. like I was disappointed that it didn't stay weird. Like, I don't it know. It went weird in a different direction. I mean, it went weird uh, with the the, the dad, dad who's a firefighter and, and these sort of homoerotic firefighters. Oh, and, sure. Uh, it definitely, I don't know. but It I, felt like a sec- it, whole different movie. Like, at, some, at a certain point, it changes completely into a different movie. And it's like, I, am I still watching? Did something, yeah. what happened? If I hear the Macarena, I automatically <laughs> think of CPR <laughs> now. Oh, man. That was <laughs> I just like... CPR, hand breathe. 
and, and I liked both movies that it was, but I don't know. I was like, I with the with the trailer and the first part of the movie being more like the trailer and its crazy sexual fucked upness. I was but it sticks a landing in a fucked up world. I mean, really oh, fucked up. Oh, sure, ending, right? totally, totally. Yeah, it's good. And, it just and but do you see what I said on our year end episode? I said it's really good, <laughs> but I don't know if I consider it horror. Right. Right. Totally. So yeah. And so another one on the same year ender where you guys talk. Oh, that's fucked up. You think that's fucked up? I finally was really excited and I watched Lamb. Right on. And oh, I thought you had already seen it. I really liked this one. Of course, it had the A twenty four at the beginning well, of the movie. Well, <laughs> at the end, but uh, yeah, but but I also I don't love. I mean, yes, I loved it because of that. Sure, of course, but it was an A twenty four movie for the whole thing, and it was just I just loved it, and I it's so bizarre and so crazy. And it's like, I just loved how slow it was. There's not a lot of dialogue and there's just the way they unveil. I mean, you, you know what's happening, but you don't and imagine, it, imagine watching this, having no idea what it is. Right. An eeriness to the calm, quiet. Oh yeah. Of the and movie. I loved it. But yeah, the way they revealed Settling. the baby and, and like, is it? And you're like, they don't tell you for a while. Is it really? And then you, they finally give you little bits, and it's just like, oh my god, this is fucking awesome. And oh yeah, and then it gets full on horror towards the end. Oh, straight yeah. up. Oh my gosh, I when you see oh when you see yeah. that, it's like, yeah. holy shit, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> it, and then and and maybe that's what I love about a twenty four is like, sure, that escalation is slow, but. It always goes up, you know? Right. And like, say, it reminded me a lot of like St. Maud in that way. Where yeah. It's like yeah. so quiet, but you just know it's you know, building it's, that fucking dread up is. to a point where it's gonna, when it hits, it, it hits even harder. Like, this ain't gonna end. Yeah. And it does. It totally does that. And oh, man, I really loved it. Really loved it. And then lastly, um, excited to sit down with Tina and we watched the new Scream finally. Hey, there you go. So there's a new one, ish. Still old, but it says 2022. And uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I loved it for all the right. I mean, for all the yeah, because I, I loved all the uh, obviously the meta stuff. I mean, I didn't think four was that bad, but this movie rips on four like nothing. It's so hilarious. <laughs> they just don't stop ripping on part four. And it's just like, man, I, I don't remember it being is, so bad. Which is refreshing because, was you good. know, which is, I was going to say that I like it because everybody used to rip on three, you know, yep. and rightfully kind sure. of so, sure. but I mean, where does it rip on four? I'm maybe I'm forgetting Mike, close oh. your ears. <laughs> oh, no, they la, just, la, la, uh, la. all the meta stuff when they're talking about stab. Okay. They talk about how the last one uh, doesn't follow continuity and it's all new people and they just are constantly referencing how the last movie of Stab wasn't good and it wasn't part of the <coughs> franchise, you know, and it was all new act, all new actors and all and, you know it was partly referencing what was going to happen with this one and. And getting to see the old cast, what was left was great, and all the new kids were awesome. And 
Yeah, I thought it was ripping more on just like other franchises because four is if, as far as fans go, it's probably the most loved sequel outside of two and four. Yeah, I thought people love four and it yeah. references um, the fan favorite character in four Kirby. It talks about her. There's a little um, Easter egg in there about so it does reference four as existing yeah. on the plane. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was a great little screen movie. I need to I need to get on to the new eps the new season of the show or the new version of the show. But yeah, it was awesome. That's what I watched. All right, that leads us to Mike. What have you watched? I watched an older movie that I had never <laughs> seen before, and thanks to uh, you guys, finally. Um, bullying me into watching uh, Darker Side of the Ring. <laughs> kind of went down a uh, nice. little bit of a old school wrestling, uh, you know, hole there for a while. And I watched 1986's Body Slam. Oh, nice! <laughs> what? <Yeah>. Nice! <laughs> Andy's so excited. You made his I knew, night. I knew he would be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up on this movie. I freaking loved it. <laughs> Never heard of it. What is it? It stars uh, Dirk Benedict again. <laughs> of course, it does. Based from A Team. <laughs> Going back to earlier talk. Tanya Roberts, uh, R.I.P., baby. Yeah, Tanya Roberts. Uh, Dirk plays this like down-on-his-luck, uh, kind of sleazy music manager guy. Um, and he's a manager for this band called Kick. And he just kind of happenstances, finds his way into um, being a manager for a wrestling duo. And the wrestling duo is Rowdy Piper and who's the other guy? Um uh, they call him Tonga Tom in the movie, yeah. but it's the it's the Tonga Kid. Okay, it's one of the Samoans. Yeah. So and so it was cool seeing another Rowdy Piper movie. Um, I didn't realize he was in the. There's a ton of like classic wrestlers in this. You got Captain Lou Albano. Got is Lou like Albano the heavy, is the heavy. Have you ever seen Wise Guys? Um, with uh, Joe Piscopo and Danny DeVito. No, if no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I freaking love that movie. I think it was Brian De Palma of all people that directed it. Oh, wow. um, and it and it's a very forgotten Brian De Palma film because, like, you know, I guess at the end of the day, people think Brian De Palma shouldn't do comedy, but I love this movie. And Captain Lou is in it as well. And um he's basically doing the same thing he's doing in this and the same thing he did in WWF. And, but, uh, but when he's on screen, I just freaking love him. I love him so much. Um, also, uh, if you weren't going to reference this, uh, the guy who played, I can't remember the actor's name for the life of me, but the guy who played grandpa in house of a thousand corpses is also in this. Oh yeah, that's right. I forget his, I forget his name. The auctioneer guy, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you also have like Ric Flair shows up in the end. Uh, Bruno San Martino, Freddie Blassie. Freddie Blassie, yep. Uh, the Barbarian. Yep, yep. Uh, Alpha and Sinka, the uh, the Wild Samoans, they tip over a Rolls, Rolls Royce. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also got like Billy Barty in it, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. I love Billy Barty and Charles Nelson Riley's in it as well. So it's... It's it's just a goofball comedy. It's pretty funny. It's really entertaining. I feel like it could have been maybe a little bit better directed. I did take some some issues with. Uh, also, I think maybe they should have done a little bit more research on how uh, wrestling works, which is weird on 
how uh, it's got all these wrestlers in it, and it feels like it's kind of not really very fictional as far as how wrestling works. I mean, it goes from day and night from these two wrestlers touring on their own, doing these small venues, to being the next big hottest like wrestling duo. I, I didn't get that, but... It's directed by Hal Needham, Needham, I think is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he directed like a uh, couple of the Smokey and the Bandit movies. He directed yeah. uh, the first two Cannibal Run movies. He was a stuntman. Um, did a lot of lot of stunt work and then moved into directing. He also did Megaforce and Stroker Ace. So he did a lot of stuff with Burt Reynolds. But uh, but yeah, it was fun. I I I enjoyed it. You know, and it's 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 eighties, so it's always got that going. Therefore, for it. you love it. It's that's right. So <clears throat> I did also finally watch Nightmare Alley. So. Yay! Loved yeah, it. It took beautiful. a it took a little bit for me just because sure. like I know you guys tried your best to undersell it. Uh, well, I guess you could say undersell it, but just like not let me go in with a certain type of expectation. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's not a horror movie. It's not a horror it's movie. It and builds. it's definitely not a horror movie. Um, but I do like the, uh, I, I do like all of the stuff that takes place in the um, carnival. Show. The yeah. freak show. Yeah, I mean, thing. of course you like the subject. Love the aesthetic yeah. of all that. And so, and then by the time he gets out of that and he's doing his, his <laughs> um, uh, hypnotist thing or whatever you want to call it. I, I forget. <laughs> um, but uh by then, I was, you know, I was, I was definitely sucked in, and by that point, you know, by that point, I was starting to maybe lose a little interest. But uh, you know, and again, like realizing that even still, I tried to go in with very little expectation, yeah. still brought a little bit of expectation baggage with me. But man, that ending, wow, that ending, oh. like freaking clinched the whole movie for me. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it coming. My boss watched it, and he's like, oh, I figured it out like halfway through. And I'm like, I'm so glad I'm a fucking idiot because yep. I never see endings coming. Never Ignorance is bliss when it comes to yep. movies. Like, yep. I, Maybe I just don't try to do it, but like, I, I, I'm not the kind of person who tries to figure out an ending, but it hit me. I was like, oh, shit, awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought the, yeah, I thought the ending was great. but So, yeah, two, definitely two thumbs up on that and then lastly i watched uh finally 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 managed to watch werewolves within from last year yeah i've seen that directed by josh rubin a guy did scare me and i know i think tad you said you didn't really care for it or it just i think i went in i didn't hate it i (laughs) i just didn't like it as much as i thought i would after scare me i just had a huge great cast a really interesting story and maybe yeah. I just watched it too soon after the, the Wolf of Snow Hollow because, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Somewhat, somewhere in my head, I thought I built this movie was going to be, you know, fantastic. And it, I didn't think it was. But uh, I loved it. And I was I, I'll tell you what, I was worried all the way up until the end that it was going to basically I, I'm like, oh, man, is this just going to end the same way as Wolf of of Snow Hollow? But uh, but it doesn't. It uh, it delivers. The title. So the thing that shocked me is was based on a video game, which I I, I know the name yeah. of the video game, but oh man, they had to take a lot of liberties. Cause I can't imagine this was a video game. But it was it was a pretty fun and hilarious whodunit. Um the ATT lady is really cute and, and it's got uh Gerald Moe from uh What We Do in the Shadows and I love him. So yeah, I, I had a blast with it. I really I I really liked it. But that's what I watched. Hey, uh, Tad, what'd you watch? 
a lot a lot of things, but I'm just going to touch on some of my favorites. I can't believe I'm the only one who has seen Ty West's new A24 horror film X. Uh, I know. I know. Me, yeah. You guys call yourself horror fans. No. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Ouch. This movie was freaking awesome. I love Ty West. I'm so glad he's back doing film. He sort of disappeared for like six years doing TV and yeah. paid gigs. And he's been honest about it and said, you know, everybody's like, where have you been? He's like, it's really, really hard to get movies made. And um, I had to take some time off to pay bills and take care of life because, uh, you know, making these no budget horror movies was not taking care of things. So, um, he did this until he finally wrote this story and took it to a 24 and said, what do you guys think? And they said, we love it. Let's do it. And then, um, while he was making it, he decided let's do a prequel while we're here. And he filmed a prequel and, uh, it's already in the can and that's awesome too. So, wow, uh, Jesus. Wow. yeah, it, they played the trailer right after the credits, so stick through it if you watch it. They have the nice. the, uh, the trailer already to go for the prequel, so uh, no stopping Ty West. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is nice. awesome too that I think you know, especially with with his film career, it's exciting that it's got a pretty decent sized theatrical release. Yes, A twenty four has been doing that lately. All these movies that I assume will not be hitting our theater is getting. They're, they're getting wide distribution, even if it's for a short window. So if there's any silver lining to sort of um, pandemic is that these little films, theaters are, are desperate for movies. So, uh, you know, they're going to push them out more. And if you like Ty West horror movies, you'll like X. Um, it's just Sweet. down and dirty, grimy, you know, uh, gross, but has some humor to it. Horror. And I, I just, it's so refreshing to just have this back, you know, it's like, Ty West has a voice in horror that we, if you, if you love him, you love him. If you don't, that's fine. You probably won't like this. It's it. I wouldn't call it a slow burn because it's not even two hours. It's a, it's a nice compact low budget indie horror movie. Um, so right on, go see it before it leaves theaters. Um, watched more Oscar movies. I'll skip over those for your sake. Um, I watched, uh, because I was watching the Oscars, I transitioned into the Razzies for um, a Razzies movie <laughs> episode. So I watched uh, The Woman in the Window, which is sort of a horror. It's um, definitely a take on um, Rear Window with, I think it's like Amy Adams and um, it has a hell of a cast. Uh, it just does not work. It was a movie, it has Gary Oldman, a- Amy Adams, Julianne Moore. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Wyatt Russell, Anthony Mackie, uh, just amazing cast, and it's not good. Directed wow. by Joe Wright. Yeah. Um, what happened was they filmed this thing, they played it for test audiences. Um, they were confused by it. Like the story got a little convoluted, so they decided to go back and do all these reshoots and push back the release date. Well, by pushing it back, they pushed it right into a pandemic. Um, and then during the pandemic, Disney bought Fox. And so they acquired this movie and they didn't know what to do with it. So they sold it to Netflix. And basically the director didn't have, you know, it was like, well, whatever state it's in now is what we're releasing. And so the sort of perfect storm of shit put together made this movie come out. And I think it's it's not great, but it's uh, not as bad as the Razzies would have you believe. Um, it's just I think it's bad on this on the fact that it had so much talent involved and it came out the way it did Mm. um so i wouldn't recommend watching it but um 
Also watched Infinite with Mark Wahlberg. I don't remember the last time uh-huh. I really enjoyed him in a movie, so um, no thanks. I watched Space Jam, A New Legacy. I mean, oh it's goodness. a space... Yeah. I mean, these are the Razzies. But I so. wished you to watch the... Karen? Karen? No, I wished you to watch Tony's least favorite one, the oh, musical. Oh, the uh, Princess Diana musical. No. <laughs> How good could that be? I let Tony watch all the worst <laughs> picture nominees, and uh, yeah, you can hear his opinion on it. Um, I watched a movie for another podcast called Walk Like a Man. I'm sure... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I something saw. I grew up loving watching as a kid. Um, my friend Stephen Stoll, who is a uh, podcaster and a film fest director. He has a podcast called the hold back um, or the hold up. And so basically uh, he has you on the show to talk about a movie you haven't seen in like a like at least 10, 20 years, something you fondly remember from your younger days. And then you rewatch it and it's like, does it hold up? And so that's the hold up. Um, I'm here to tell you, walk like a man does not. Oh, but, uh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, upon doing research on it, this is Christopher Lloyd claimed that this is the movie he's most embarrassed by. Oh my Whoa. God! And he did Suburban Commando. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, he said this is. Uh, and but then uh, you know what fucking freaked me out? Okay, so I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. We watch it all the time. I turn it on. I'm watching it. Who's the fucking lead actress? Amy Steele from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I was gonna, I was gonna ask that because I saw when I at a, at Crypticon, I saw like these eight by tens, and it was like it said "Walk she, Like a Man" on it. She like, had "Walk Like a Man" eight by tens. What the fuck? <laughs> she did. She did. My, I, my I mentioned on the we get. Yeah, I, I mentioned on the podcast. I was like, if I ever see, um, you know, Christopher Lloyd, you'll probably, you know. We hope you'll be here for many more years. Hope so. But um, Amy Steele, like she's a staple on, and I'm like, I would love to get like get my hands on a uh, like a one sheet and have her sign it just to to see get the interaction because she, on the other hand, has said it was the most fun she's ever had on set because Howie Mandel is a dog man in the movie. If you're not familiar, (laughs) he is a character named Bobo who falls off a. Um, dog sled when he's a baby and he's raised for 28 years by wolves. And when he returns to the family, he's a wild dog, but in a man's body. So he poops in the house, he pees in the house, he barks and bites and drinks out of a bowl and physical comedy ensues. And then she falls, Amy Steele falls in love with a dog man. And it's really fucked up. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a scene where you're he's in a man's dress. So, yeah, I was going to oh. say, you're totally selling it more and more for me. Yeah. He, there's a, there's a scene that uh, I won't even go there. You just, it, it's it's wild. Um, this this movie kind of movie. It has Cloris Leachman as the grandma. I mean, it has like this another stacked cast for a movie that shouldn't exist. Um, but really weird. Walk like a man, nineteen eighty seven. It's on YouTube because it is not. You can't. It's out of print on DVD. So I don't feel bad telling people it's on YouTube to watch another one of those movies that's almost going to be lost to time. Probably on Christopher Lloyd's uh, dime. He probably paid to get it put out of print. Um, <laughs> And then another quick view, I saw um, a really good new horror movie directed by Greg Sestero of The Room called Miracle Valley. Uh, This is really cool. It's sort of his, um, the basic premise is this guy and his girlfriend, they're having a rocky time in their relationship. They decide to go out into the desert. He's a photographer. He wants to capture this picture of this elusive hawk to try to uh, make some money because he's financially not doing well. But while he's out there, these guys sort of follow him to this house and 
They find out the house they're staying at was where this cult sort of gathered and many years before, and they uh, they ended up getting caught and sort of disbanding, but no one knows where they went. And it turns out they've just sort of like recently reformed and they invite him and his girlfriend to the, join this cult. Um, and obviously bad shit happens. Um, but it's the first time Greg has written to directed a movie. So um, really cool to see that it will be playing here in the Midwest this fall. He's, he's still out there touring it on festival on the festival circuit and stuff. Um, but I highly recommend checking that out. And then I saw the room with um, a sold out crowd, which was a blast. Um, if you've never seen the room, I know Jason, you haven't seen it all, right? Nope. Seeing it. It's like Rocky horror where you have to see it with a crowd because, <laughs> okay. um, this crowd, it was a college town, normal Illinois in this little theater. Um, like I said, sold out and these people all dressed up in costume. Oh, nice. They, um, they have cues just like Rocky horror. I had never been to a full on screening like this of the room. Yeah. Um, so every time a little backstory, when they made the movies, whoever decorated the set bought a bunch of picture frames to put in, in this house, they forgot to take out the stock photos of spoons. Yep. So there's just pictures of spoons all over the house. Um, so every time one appears on screen, everybody else spoon and they throw plastic spoons. And so there was like literally probably thousands of plastic spoons raining in a cedar every five minutes. Um, <laughs> people know every line. So they scream it with Tommy. Um, they, 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 it's just like Rocky horror where they have cues to everything. I mean, it's not quiet the whole time, but it's so much fun. Um, and I brought a first timer with me and, and he got to enjoy it that way. Um, and Greg was there and it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, that's what I watched. Sweet. Well, thank you, Tad, for, for that. Uh, here at, uh, attack of the killer podcast, we ask the important questions of the universe and you guys get to play God and decide who's right. Here's Jason with pole position. Now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of pole position. All right, pole position. Well, let's take a quick look back. Let's go to episode 256. The question was, what is the best low-budget theatrical release? And these are, you remember your answers? No? Hell no. All right, well, I'll tell you. Uh <laughs> Insane Mike said Night Living Dead 68 Evil Dead Nice Jason said Blair Witch 99 Paranormal Activity Tad said Halloween 78 Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer And Andy said Friday 13th from 80 And, and Psycho from 60 Oh guys These results Let me just say this uh, uh, Let me say other things than this <laughs> Uh, so tied for last place with 17% of the vote, Tad and Andy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, somebody got excited all of a sudden. (laughs) And screaming away with the victory with 44% of the votes. And we got tons of votes this time. That's Jason. Jason got that. So sorry, buddy. Congratulations. Oh, you're welcome. I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm very happy for you. This is wonderful. Right, right, right. Yours was the better picks. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's true. And the people think so. All right, moving on to today's poll position. 
The question is, what is the best horror subgenre? So we're going to do a snake draft just like we normally do. Two picks. We'll go. We'll got a random sequence generator here. Uh, Mike's one. I'm two. Tad's three. Andy's four. Here we go. Get a sequence. Oh, come on. So first is so the first and eighth pick is Mike. Oh, man. And then, fuck, Tad gets the second and seventh pick. And then Jason gets the third and sixth pick. And Andy gets the fourth and fifth pick. All right. So, Mike, you are up first with the first pick. Sometimes the first pick uh, is not necessarily awesome. It's either not always the best one to have. Not no, it's like it. But you don't think you there's like a, a you don't think there's a clear one hundred and one, dude. You know, I there's a <laughs> there's a few genres that I love so equally, I and I think I'll just do it. I'm just gonna go horror comedy as my first ah, pick. Definitely on the list, and I knew if it could be on yours, you would have it there. All right, Ted, you're up. Slasher. Damn you. See, that's the clear See, one. See, that was going to be, yeah. yeah. Knew he was going to take it. Gosh dang, that really screws things up. Uh, <laughs> Horror comedy was my first pick, to be clear. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh, interesting. You guys could wow. trade. Yeah. Do a trade. Just kidding. Uh, he, yeah, he went first. He's good. All right, I'm going to go with the third pick here. Best horror subgenre. Or favorite. No, it's best. Gosh dang. I'm gonna go with gore. Okay. I love me some gore. Andy, you're up. Pick number four. I'm gonna go with like the the crazy redneck. Oh. Like you've got Texas Chainsaw, Hills Have Eyes, you know, wrong turn, that kind of thing. Redneck, not on my list, but that's good. You could maybe also call that like backwoods horror. Backwood, yeah, okay. essentially. Okay. Well, you get um, to pick again. Pick five. I dig um, Home Invasion is also really good. Oh, too. good one. Like, yeah, that's like, a good one. Uh, you're next, um, strangers. That that sort of thing. I dig that. Yeah, uh, but I I didn't pick that one because it's too scary. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a, it's a I don't even want to be a. Anywhere near that genre. Oh my gosh. Okay, well that made my pick. Oh, there's a couple good ones. Uh, pretty easy. I'm gonna go with monster. Sweet. Yep. Yep. Felt so like a good monster. Love those monster movies. All right, Ted, pick seven. And I almost went with one, but I think it's a little too close to my first pick. So I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I'm gonna do. I'm I'm between two now. Oh yeah, there's some good ones out there still. Uh, I'm gonna go with psychological horror. Oh, that's good. Cool. Good. 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 The call. Where's the Y go? Okay. No, that's good. That's a good one. All right, Mike, finish it up. Pick uh, eight. This is still tough. I was <laughs> expecting more of my list to get knocked out, but yeah, yeah. But Can we do I, three rounds just for funsies? Sure. Okay. I will go with my last official pick. Um, Wait, as long as Ted doesn't take mine on the way back through, then that's okay. <laughs> All right, I'll, go ahead. I'll go with found footage. Oh, see, I wondered. Nice. nice. How much you loved it. 
I, I'm telling you, I just I feel like the more and more of them I watch, the more yep. and more I love that genre. And, and you just, proved it by your pick, so that's good. And it's it's kind of fresh in my head, kind of you know, with this topic for this episode. It kind of I think it, there's parallels, but anyway, we'll get into that later. All right, then pick nine. That goes back to you. Me? Me? Yes. Uh, zombie films. Damn you, see? <laughs> That's too good. All right, Tad. Body horror. Oh, that was on my list. Nice. Yeah. Now we're, now we're not. Need help finding more, Jason? No, I got a big list here still. I got four more easy. And I'm not even. Oh, man. <laughs> so hard i'm gonna go with one no (laughs) (laughs) oh like how bad gonna go at all (laughs) i don't know let me see get some build up i'm like am i even gonna win this or do i just go with my heart do i need votes are we gonna put all three of these up yeah oh okay i thought we were just okay never mind i can make as big a picture as i want um yeah so I didn't even real maybe even realize that this was a genre until recently when Tad first said it. Um, but I really do enjoy it and and it's a good one that I like a lot. Religious. Yeah. Oh wow. You, really? You like wow. religious, religious horror? horror movies? Yeah. The freaking Exorcist, uh, man. Yeah, Number I guess. one. Come on. It's ghosty movies you don't like. Or is that like possession? Possession. Definitely movies. not possession ghost movies, not no. The kid is possessed by a demon. Nope, that's a demon movie. That's different. Okay, so Andy, you're <laughs> you pick again. Uh, you uh, you okay. got the last pick here, bud. Whatever um, is left. I'm gonna say like uh, oh hell. I got a I got a few here that I'm thinking like oh. Almost like, um, how do you get like, okay, like isolation movies are like where, where you're, where you're trapped and you have to like, you know, like you have to fight like, um, uh, well, like for like the descent or cube, you have to get out of certain places. Yeah. That'll work. I like isolation. Yeah. Like isolation works too. Yeah. Paranoia, I don't know. Yeah. Cool. That sort of falls into psychological. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can pick a different one. I mean, if that's. Oh, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Yeah. What do you guys have left? Any honorable mentions? Oh, yeah. Oh, damn it. I can't believe I did not put Jello. Nothing Italian over there. Uh, Cannibal. I I did have Cannibal on mine. Vampire, Werewolf. Yeah. Sci fi and fantasy. Witchcraft. Oh. Sci-fi aliens, uh, true crime, torture, torture porn. porn. I put yep. torture porn on mine, although I fucking hate that term. But I like the <laughs> I movies that get lumped into that category, like I, true crime, virus, um, haunted house. I put oh. anthology on mine. Oh, you love anthology movies? I do. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Clowns. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Animals and nature. Animal attack. Yeah, animal attack. Oh, I didn't put animal attack on mine. What are we even doing here? What is Let's start wrong over. with me? Let's start over. <laughs> Five picks. Reshuffle. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's just going to have to do for now. Get your butts over to Twitter at AOTKP. That's where you go. Twitter at AOTKP. Put your votes in on who you think picked the best horror subgenres. And that's Pole Position. All right, folks. It is now time to get on to today's topic. And today's topic is analog horror. It's not a person. It's a genre. Speaking of genres. You say so. Um, but it's a fairly new one. Um, a lot of stuff I discovered, I thought it went a little deeper than this, and I think some of the original ones maybe do. But it really feels like this genre boom really, really hit during the pandemic. So I think maybe it's kind of a reaction to that, and it's interesting that uh, this is kind of coming out of that. But uh, to kind of, I, I did write a little synopsis of what analog horror is here for the folks at home listening, or, or if you're in your car, or wherever you're listening, at work, um, on the toilet. Analog horror is an internet-based found footage style of videos that rely more on sound than visuals, as it's low or no budget, mostly using public domain PSAs, commercials, old VHS tapes to tell their stories rather than filming their own uh, more narrative footage. A lot of the films don't even try to tell a story, but just try to creep you out with audio tricks, uh, over-the-top, various poor-quality footage. Uh, some of them are like a puzzle and you have to watch all of them in the series uh, to kind of put that together to get the full picture. Uh, so yeah, that, that kind of sums it up in a nutshell. Hopefully that helps everybody out there and explains what analog horror is. Um, I guess we'll find out if, uh, if, if we figured it out. Uh, uh, since a lot of these are short or really short subject uh, little videos, um, we're doing a few more than we usually do. We usually do like three films. We're going to do a little bit more than that. It was a weird, it was tough. It was a balance of like, I don't want to do too many and overload you guys all at once. Cause I know a lot of times, uh, you guys will sit down and watch these back to back to back to back when we watch movies for the show. And I feel like some of the stuff I was originally intending to have you guys watch, especially if you're doing the whole series could be really daunting and maybe to the point of like annoying after a while. Um, so, so I really tried to come up with a balance of like enough content to talk about here. Um, videos that you don't have to watch the whole series to get. Um, and yet at the same time, still kind of like, you know, not to overload you guys too much. I'll, so, so um, I'm going to go first. Normally I don't get to talk about a film that we, that, um, but again, picking more for this episode, I am going to talk about the Smile Tapes Volume One. So, what the what that is? It's made by Patrick F. I'm going to slaughter this last name. Here we go, uh, Patricky, um, and you can find his channel. It's the P A T O R I K K U. That's his YouTube channel. Uh, the Smile Tapes, uh, Volume One. It's it's short. It's running time of thirteen minutes and thirty seconds. It's about a new drug called the Smile Drug that contains a fungus 
that spreads from victim to victim that causes a person's face to contort in unnatural into an unnatural smile that over a short amount of time destroys the face, causing incredible pain and dementia. Uh, it also uh, causes the infected to laugh uncontrollably. Uh, they lose their minds and become violent. Smile Tapes Volume 1 starts out with a public service announcement that explains the drug and what's going on. Then it goes into some medical reports about a couple of infected men showing their regression under medical care over a three- or four-week time. Then it tells the story of Gomez getting infected and his descent, uh, uh, all told through Gomez's uh, logs on his computer, I'm assuming, uh, which end up ending up leading Gomez to go mad. Uh, the smile tapes are some of the newest of the analog uh, horror films that I had uh, that I had found, um, and and I believe you know there's more to come in that series. I know right now there's the smile tapes volume two, uh, which I did watch, and and some other videos surrounding that. Uh, these videos are, were obviously made in reaction to the pandemic. And for me personally, does a great job playing into the fear of what we have all gone through in the past couple years. Uh, for me, it comes off as one of the creepiest and scariest of the analog horrors that I watched because the thought of a virus that spreads easier, faster, and deadlier than the coronavirus and how us as a race has handled the coronavirus so poorly... <laughs> That if anything close to the smile fungus happens, we are effed. So, yeah. So I really, really enjoyed this. Um, every single one of these, I'm like, oh man, I should have made the guys watch this one also because uh, Volume Two uh, goes more into the descent of of uh, humanity with uh, this virus spreading. Um, and volume three sounds like it's, it's full on end of the world whenever that comes out. Cause at the end of volume two, there's a little teaser for volume three. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a great, I had a fun time with this because it was, it was really cool. It, it was, I thought it was really creepy. Um, these techniques, these guys are using to make these videos really tap into something to me that creeps me out. I don't know if it comes from a childhood thing of any time you would hear like, uh, the, like, you know, the sirens or the alerts on television would always scare me as a child or anytime you get like, you know, a robotic voice explaining, explaining things over your television. I don't know. I guess that stuff would affect me as a child. So it taps into that. I think for me, maybe why I like these, these films so much, but, uh, um, but the smile tapes for me was a lot of fun because, you know, if you're just, if you're paying attention and put, put it together, there's, there's a, interesting story going on there that um i think is told in a very fun and unique way but what'd you guys think freaky man <laughs> very <laughs> yeah it's weird how these um you know in general but this one too uh the simpleness of them like they're like i, I can't even really we can't even really explain them without you just watching them. And that's, what's so interesting about this. When I had sort of read up on analog horror and heard it mentioned and said, maybe we should do an episode. I've really brought a big challenge to Mike. Poor Mike had to go through, dig through these, but it's really cool to hear that. Like Simon knows what it is. And that makes sense. Yeah. Cause this is like 
a, I mean, is this like the future of horror or is it, you know, not, not necessarily taking over, but it's like with, you know, younger people don't like to go to theaters unless it's a Marvel movie. They're always on their phones watching, <laughs> you know, so, so it's like, this is sort of um, adapting to that new, uh, you know, the next generation and they're being, they can be made by people at home. You know, it, you don't have to be necessarily quote unquote filmmaker to do these, um, but they're unnerving. And this is very unnerving. The progression of the characters throughout the film is unnerving. Even the the, the way it's presented in a low quality um, sort of uh, lo-fi weird. I don't know, man. And I'm the same way with you. Like it takes the, the sounds always sort of take me back to like when I was a kid and there would be like a tornado in the area yes. and it would be over the, yeah. the radio or the TV. And we would, we would grab our pets and we'd go in the basement and it was like, as a kid, it was just, you know, you would listen to, you had to have batteries in the backup radio and you're listening to, you know, Oh, it's within so many miles of your town. And it, it, it's like a, a, so, sort of like a fever dream. Right. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, that was full tilt dread when you were a kid, when you, the lights were out and you had to go, yeah. you know, your your sense of security was really really threatened. Of course, you're a child, but you know. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I spent way too much time in front of the television. Um, I realize that now. Um, I think I realized it then. I just didn't give a shit. But, um, and there was there was always certain things that would just disturb me as a child. One would be those like tornado warnings when you get that 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 screeching warning signal. And then, like, anytime, like, you know, it sounded like somebody, when they're reading the text over the TV from the warning, and it's either, like, a robotic voice, or it sounds like somebody talking through a walkie-talkie um, on the screen, and that always disturbed me, because it was just so weird and cold, something so cold and distant about it. I hate to say it. this, but Stephen Hawking... <laughs> yeah um and then another thing <laughs> what comes to my mind i'm sorry don't ruin this don't ruin this andy <laughs> and then i just want to throw this out there it doesn't really pertain too much of what we're talking about at the moment but the other thing that always really creeped me out as a child and this is a weird one um when i would stay up late way too late at night and tv was over and they would have the uh national anthem playing and this ends mm-hmm. our broadcast day and i, I think that that fear kind of plays into another one we're going to talk I'm, about in a little bit. But. I'm not even yeah. sure that the kids watching these videos understand that TV used to run out at three in the morning. And See, that's right, what's right. that's what's weird because they're really. Because I showed all one this. today to a coworker who's 20, and I'm like, I know you don't know this, but because it was the one that yeah. we're talking about later yeah. is my favorite, and I was like, Did you even know? Does the TV ended? Like there was only so much programming. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that in these in these yeah. in these films. You could listen to the Star Spangled Banner every day if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. uh, that it, that it just it all of these a lot of these play on so much of that stuff Old. that we grew up with. What television was like back then, you know, and then you have like you know the use of like the the quality of VHS tapes and that kind of shit, and it's like. That this 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 genre is so popular, and it's and it's it's the youth of the day that are loving these. So I don't I I don't know what it taps into it for them, and, or even how or why they understand what they're watching half right. of the time. But if I could stray back to the the actual film itself. I think that it does. 
I think it deserves to tip its cap to Smilex Gas from Batman because that's where my mind went. Oh yeah, it's totally a Joker thing. I, that was the um, first thing I thought of too. Is like the the Joker gas and the pixelated uh, photos of you know the the patients. You know, it's just like I kind of had to laugh at first because it sounded yeah. it looked like the loading screen to like an early '90s fighting game. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there's an audio but audio in, in this. When, you know, when they're describing, I think, like, the third week when they're afflicted into this. I mean, it really, it, it made me jolt in my seat, you know, because um, it's, it's, um, it's one of the symptoms of, of the fungus. And it's the, it's the laughter. And when you yeah. hear this laughter, it is so unsettling. It's so, ugh, it's... Yeah, it that that's probably the creepiest part of this video, in in my opinion, and and it really you you're kind of expecting it, but kind of not, since like the whole um, uh, film has been quiet up to this point, and you don't know it. You you think it might be coming, but it but it doesn't, and it just yeah, it it's really really unsettling, but but also very effective. My only, I agree with everything you guys have said. My only critique with this one is that I thought it just went on forever. Like this one's the longest one, right? See, it just, I think from the ones that I picked, yeah, I think it is. Um, and that's that was the kind of the stuff like I was went worried into about. Something else, and it just like what? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of them that that do that. And like I know in the original list, I I wrote out. That's kind of what was my thoughts on why I changed it because. Your complaints about this one, I think, would have landed on some of those other ones, and I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, that you know, some of some of it kind of does drag on a bit too long, especially I after think, you compare them to the rest of them that are a lot tighter. And oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, or you're saying the whole series, it, it, it's What's easier. That? The length is easier with the rest of the series, or. I don't know. No. I think so. I mean, well, I, if this is the newest, the like the the way horror is going, it's cool. But at the same time, it's a little scary in the fact that, like, you know, thanks to things like TikTok and whatnot, you know, there's the complaint of like, it's just people's attention spans getting shorter and shorter, and this can definitely play into that. But I think I'm hoping. I feel like the opposite's kind of happening. Because very most of these filmmakers that are making these things, um, are doing like full series of videos, and a lot of them do this right. where they you have to watch them all to put a bigger puzzle together, and watch them in the right order, even. And if it's if yep. if the viewers of these things, the fans of these things, or anything like what I've experienced doing this, you go down the rabbit hole, man, and you're watching. Yep. hours of this of this shit so so hopefully it's doing the opposite of creating shorter attention spans i don't know it's funny because you were saying you know it drags a bit on the 13 minute video and it's like <laughs> i get what you're saying is that you know these are short snippets of stories they almost have that feeling and i mean to a lesser extent, maybe that tape in the tape, but like you think of when the ring came out and everybody's like, you know, what would you do if you found the tape, you know? And yeah. it's like something, it feels like something that someone found. It's almost in a, in a way found footage, but also 
um, more like something we weren't supposed to see, like a government experiment gone wrong. And we somehow someone got this, you know, leak this video onto the borderlining you know? on like snuff. Right, exactly. Cool, cool. Um, I feel like we haven't talked a ton about this particular movie. And so if, unless anybody else anything else they wanted to add about Smile Tapes Volume 1, we can move on to the next. Andy, what is our the <laughs> next one we're going to watch? Um, our next one is called uh, Weather Service, and it's uh, by an analog horror TV channel on uh, YouTube called local 58. And basically they're unsettling shorts in the found footage VHS aesthetic from like Chris Straub. And what this is, these are warnings from a, uh, a, a fake um, news station called local 58. And this particular one um, the, called the weather service. It's, it's only two minutes and 33 seconds, but it's very, it's very unsettling. And I think it actually poses more questions than it does answers <laughs> when I, when I watched it. Um, the gist of it is it's then it's an emergency alert system for a weather warning for a meteorological event. And they took, they tell you to don't, don't look at it at first Kind of like it's like a, a lunar eclipse or whatever. And uh, it soon becomes an emergency alert. It says, they okay, do not look at the sky. Do not look at the side. And then conflicting reports start happening. <laughs> they go out, go outside now. Um, you know, I'll do whatever you want. It's, it's safe. And then the screen becomes more and more, you know, scrambled in the VHS. And they say... Um, it's at first it says, look at the moon. And that says, do not look at the moon, stay inside. <laughs> don't look at the sky face away from all windows. And don't look at, don't look at mirrors. Um, and then really cryptic shit starts coming across the screen. <laughs> like it's in the light. The moon came in. He found me through the mirror, moonlight, white eyes, you know, not light, but blood, you know, it's just like, uh, is it a blood moon or, you know, and like real shit that doesn't even make sense. Like I drown in him comes across the screen. So like you're, you're watching this, you're just like, what the fuck? And it says, uh, if, if you are afraid, we will, we will look together. And the ending shot of this is you see a shot of the moon and you hear loud screaming in the background. Oh, that's so chilling, man. And and I, I like looked away. I'm like, don't look at the moon. <laughs> Fuck. He said, don't look at the. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they get to you. To me, this is, this is so good because it's so less is more. To yes. Me. Yep. Yes. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't see anything. You were nope. just going by the information of what they were giving you. And your mind was making up the horror you it's to me it's hitch it's hitchcockian in the in the greatest sense it's just like i can't really show you anything as horrifying as you can create in your own mind simple as that yeah um i mean it's it like i said it poses more questions you know and i wrote these questions out myself it's like 
is the weather or the moon making people crazy or is it, and is that making the conflicting reports or is there something really out there going through, you know, the mirrors or, you know, from the moon, is it aliens? You know, it's like you, you don't yeah. even, you don't even know. Like I said, you, this allows you to conjure up what the actual threat is. And I think that it's freaking brilliant. Through, what did you guys think? Through just text. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's crazy about it. It's just garbled up text that we would, you know, that might exist on an old VHS tape kind of looking. The The word that keeps coming back to me for all of these films that we're talking about tonight is just I love that they're just unsettling. You know, they're not that they're yeah. the scariest things in the world. They do. They don't. They don't make you scared, but they're just like, what? What? Mm-hmm. I don't feel very good about this. Yeah. You know, they're just so unsettling. There's, it puts but a little it, bit of fear in you. It's, but what's brilliant about yeah. them is like, if it's so unsettling, but at the same time, you are glued to the screen. You oh, want to yeah. know what happens next. That's just good filmmaking. I, I got to say, um, when I started, when I started, going through movies for this project for this episode i started watching some uh you know i get up i get up at six in the morning get ready for work and then get simon ready for school all this that and the other thing and sometimes i'll have like a little extra time where i'll you know i'll sit at the art table or whatever but i knew i had to start watching videos for this i'm like well a lot of these are short i'll start watching and this was like last week when like rained for three days and it was like the start of, of this rainstorm that we had. Um, so the day one was like eerily dark out till like almost eight. And so I'm sitting in my, in my living room watching this, um, with it not being light out. And when I'm used to it being light out, watching these movies and it was awesome because I got, I made my, I creeped myself out watching these things (laughs) And I haven't had an opportunity to do that in such a long time. And definitely the the local 58 stuff, the weather service in particular, really oh, tapped into favorite. something for yeah. me, yeah, watching it in those conditions. Yeah, that would be awesome to watch, be able to watch, like, both of these um, local 58 ones, like, in that kind of situation. Because it's a mixture of public access television. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it has a little bit of that, that conspiracy theory stuff. I mean, uh-huh. we've gone through a weird two years, like Mike <clears throat> mentioned earlier with, you know, the, I mean, this is obviously well before we had a pandemic, but it ramps up our, a lot of people's, um, conspiracy theories or questioning things or, uh, you know, it, it sort of plays on that fear. Um, I always, you know, the, the, the purge movies, I love them because they have that. I, I love those parts of the purge movies where they sort of play on that public fear, but this is yeah. like just that, you know, and, and it's truly, yeah. uh, you know, it's almost like when, um, someone hacked the hack TV in like Chicago, I think it was with that max headstrom yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, like, yeah. It's, it was fun. It was funny, but it's eerie too, because it's like, yeah. who's this taking over, you know, who's taking over the airwaves? Um, what's happening? Are, who should we listen to? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's so simple but so good. It's it's 
eerie shit uh watch i don't want to watch it in a darker room it's funny because like you know <laughs> yeah. we're all grown men who watch horror movies <laughs> or podcasts and these these things that are made by like teenagers in their bedrooms and they watch on their phones they're sort of freaking us all out right i mean <laughs> right. with nothing I, with nothing to them it's weird yeah i almost feel like this could be like the intro to like a episode of the x-files or something you know, okay. It's, or this this is something you know. like that, like VHS, the movie, se- the the franchise yeah. VHS. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, my brain went to VHS a lot with watching some of these too. Like these would be great bumpers between the segments. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the other one we watched for Local Fifty Eight from Local uh, Fifty Eight? The, the next one we watched was uh, Contingency Plan, and I think Tad really hits the head. I feel like this. Oh, um, I like this one. Um, I feel like this episode in particular could take place in the Purge universe, sort of. <laughs> yeah, because that's the vibe that I got. Um, basically, it's another um public, you know, broadcast um alert system, and it's telling Americans, um, basically, uh, forces, uh, foreign forces have taken over U.S. So- soil and citizens and our armed forces have been forced to surrender. And it's paid for by the U.S. Department for the Preservation of American Dignity, which is this seal that you're going to see, you know, quickly across this. Yes, very quickly, but across the screens um, more than once. And the... Basically, the gist of it is it's the the warning. It's not a warning. It's more of like a instructions for it's wanting Americans to comply with a, a basically a suicide pact. And it's called to act. They said even in defeat, we can claim victory. So basically, <laughs> they're trying to be very patriotic, quotation fingers, and being called to action, you saying you take America with you, you know, it's just like we won't, you know, we won't be like these slaves, you know, to these foreign invaders, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, basically all may, you know, carry carry ourselves. <laughs> and a lot of um, uh, instructions go across several screens with like, you know, it's very, you know, calming, you know, like with flowers and, you know, they show American cities and flags and all this happy shit. And they say using um, any methods available for like, you know, for suicide, you know, make sure you have access to a firearm. And they literally tell you to, you know, place the muzzle up to the root of your mouth <laughs> oh, man. saying, join your neighbors, your family, your God. And this is coming across <laughs> the screen. And the one oh, thing that yeah. I found just hilarious as hell, they said law enforcement has been ordered to ensure your compliance. It's against the law <laughs> to a delay. <laughs> yep. Oh, you're going to charge me with a crime for not killing myself. Give me a fucking break. Um, they they have one called the victory position called the three F's. <laughs> I couldn't believe this. <laughs> Front lawn, face up, feet together. And, you know, regarding your F's, children, man. you know, tend to them before yourself, which automatically <laughs> makes me think of, you know, the Jonestown massacre where, yeah. you know, they were feeding the the flavor aid to the, the children and after all this stuff is going across the screen, you know, and telling you, you know, what's going on, 
And here's a bit of a spoiler, but it, it's it's so damn crazy. They, they say we're having technical difficulties, and then it's revealed that it was all a hoax. And that local, and they just issue an apology. And I'm thinking to myself, if this happened today, <laughs> I can see a person, you know, kind of like at the end of the uh, of the movie The Mist, who yeah. has just executed his whole family in the name of America. <laughs> and, you know... He's just sitting there, you know, with the gun in his mouth and just seeing like, you know, uh, just kidding. And yeah, I let's let's just say this. I won't get too political, but I see a lot of red hats with holes in them. What well, made me sort of, you know, the ending, I took it as like um, the station was like, uh, oh, shit, this message got out. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, never mind. don't read that or, you know, or the other conspiracy where it's like a cut, they're cut trying to cover up and reverse what you just saw, you know, like you didn't see what you just saw kind of thing. I don't know. That's what I love about it is that like it creates so many, it gets your mind going in like the shortest little thing that is so simple. It's, it's unnerving, but it's weird. Yeah, it's 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 great on its own with its with its own thing and creating that like um what's really going on and and coming up with your own answers to what this what's really going on in this video. Yeah, it's great. This 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 video is basically a PSA of the government telling us that society has lost and to kill yourself. The government is telling us to do this. And uh, just how hopeless that you know it just is but if you but the thing is is again like i've said with a lot of these series is there's a lot of interconnectedness now now put both of those together and 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 look at it in that in that regard because again in like weather service at one point it goes like oh the 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 warning's over and then it would be like oh no it's not over it's still going go outside no don't go outside and and every time it would like cut back and forth with this stuff like um the transmission would go all staticky and whatnot yeah. and the same thing here where after this message of telling you to go out into your lawn lay down and kill yourself um it goes it goes like all wonky again and then comes back saying it was a hoax so it's almost like um, war of the war of the worlds and fanning the flames of all this overall paranoia. You yep. know, it's it's that's where my mind went anyway. Definitely. Oh, I just love how it. I mean, the first thirty seconds is like legit how it used to be at the end of a broadcast. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they're really like, hey, it gets good happening night. That fear for me as a kid. Have a have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow, and you know the flag and the wavies. Oh man, it was uh, this definitely was my favorite. It just creeps you out on like Damn what good. what makes you think about what if we did live in this world and how just fucked that would be. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's it really made me great. think of um, a movie that came out last year, the end of last year, a Christmas movie actually called Silent Night. Did anyone else see it? No, uh-uh. I heard that was a downer. No. <laughs> yeah, it sort of it made me think of that because basically the premise is that there's this sort of like wind storm, like supernatural almost thing, going like re- making its way through. It's almost like a wave of this weather that, and and the idea is like 
it will basically, when it hits you, it will kill you in a slow and painful way. So take these pills to kill yourself so that you will die like quickly and pain on your terms and painlessly before this thing takes you out. And the big debate is, do you trust it? Do you take it? Or do you wait until the, you know, let this thing take you out? But there's people that deny that it's actually killing them and, you know, we're being lied to. And it's sort of like this where, but it's obviously much more polished. It's a, it's a feature film that's scripted and everything, but it made me think of that just in the way of like, you know, do you, or, or again, like the purge would, you know, do you comply with the government and, and, kill yourself or you know wait for the go out in a blaze of glory against the police or against the government you know and yeah Yeah. really cool so did you guys watch any other videos from local 58 i want to but no um well yeah i'm i'm a fan now but i haven't gotten around to it yeah it it is hand it is definitely hands down my favorite um series of these videos by far there there may be there may be some other ones here and there individually that i that i really like more than others but as a as a collective of these videos these are the best um jason i thought you said you before we i started. did and i looked and i don't i can't remember which ones i saw i know i didn't okay. see the one that you loved yeah there's one guys that i highly 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 recommend it's probably my favorite it strays from this format quite a bit um uh and and i'm still not even sure how it's connected to the bigger story but uh it's called um you're on the fastest route and i'll i'll give you a quick synopsis of it um basically it's all shot through the windshield of a car that's driving during a rainstorm at night along the highway and all you hear besides the the room ambiance of a car driving um, and the sounds of turn signals. But uh, the only other thing you really hear is the GPS telling the person where to go. Oh, fun. And the GPS is not um, as helpful as it should be. I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. That sounds cool. Yeah. That taps into a fear, you know, like <laughs> driving late at night and getting lost somewhere. And the one uh, thing you're relying on is betraying that. you. <laughs> so, yeah, that one really got to me as well. But, the yeah, the whole... The whole thing is great. There's another one that's a that's like an old timey cartoon, like the um, that really kind of I think um, explains even more on what's going on with like uh, weather service and the whole the whole thing um, that's going on here. But yeah, local fifty eight TV. Mm-hmm. I'll try to put links up of all the ones we're talking about tonight. Cool, cool, great. Uh, Tad, what's the next one we're going to talk about? It is uh, Blue Channel Thalassin. Yep. Thalassin. Yep. Um, so it's, yeah, a viral analog horror um, uploaded by Gooseworks in 2021. It's a mock television commercial. So this is like one of those ads you see. Definitely doesn't feel modern, but it's, it's basically a fake commercial for oh, a man. drug called Thalassin that... Um, replicates and can intensify emotions for people who don't feel them. Um, supposed to sort of like enhance you, give you enhanced um, natural capabilities to your to your feelings. Um, I'll be honest, this was probably my least favorite, but it's still cool. Oh, um, I'm bummed. I, think... I gave you your least favorite. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's, it's okay. Still cool. um, it, 
Yeah. It's still really cool. I just it's felt like uh, again they do the commercials, but they do them sort of like um, in our first one, the smile tapes, but uh, in a way that they just show like, like photographs of these people experiencing these emotions and um, two extremes. And and well, uh, that's not enough go, for you. We got these. We can right. enhance your emotions. Right, and as oh. they go along, like happiness, you know, is a guy smiling, and as they go along with these emotions, the faces get more and more distorted and um, grotesque and, and creepy, and again, it's done in the lo-fi style of, like, you'd see on television, they'd, like, on commercials in the 80s and 90s, uh, like, somebody pulled these commercials off an original airing yeah. of, like, Twin Peaks or something, yeah. you know, the, and... uh yeah, the way they've done it is sort of almost looks like um, like courtroom drawings or um, like yeah. mug shots when you would see like America's Most Wanted and they would show you like what, the, yeah. you know, the suspect looks like this or on um, Unsolved Mysteries where they're like, you know, artist this. rendition. Yes, exactly. And these are like artist renditions of these people experiencing these extreme um, emotions that they're getting from this drug that is being advertised turning a human being into a fucking hr geiger painting or something <laughs> you know it's it just contorts the shit out of them yeah yeah that was gonna i think that was gonna be my comparison that these i love the uh all these weirdo made up emotions that they they go through <laughs> and yeah. how the heads get so fictionally distorted um, it, yeah, I was going to make the Giger Umber, comparison. Nage, dorsalness. <laughs> invented words for it. Yeah. Yep. And it all sounds legit too. You know, they, they play it straight. They, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I love the, I love the artist renditions of the, um, different emotions. Uh, cause it, it, for me, it reminded me kind of like Bill Plimpton art. Plimpton. If yes. he took bad acid with HR Giger. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I really enjoy this one, and I, I feel like it's it was a, I went with this one for the show because it was a little bit different than some of the other ones. A kind of different take, you know, doing kind of a parody of one of those old drug commercials that you would see on TV. Call now, yeah, still good, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jason, did you have anything? Yep, it's still it's good. It's still good for sure. Yeah, it's fun that it's a commercial version. It's one of the. Um, I'm trying to. This one is like the first one that like something was actually filmed for it. Uh, the yeah. rest ones, most of the other ones are all just uh, images or text put on your screen with editing. But this one, it, there was a few filmed shots of the pills and the bottles. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So almost like an and eerie the, Tim and Eric type thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good. That's a good comparison. Which Tim and Eric always they when they on their skits that went creepy, they went fucking creepy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the way. So yeah, something like that for that, sure. That's yeah, good, I, I'm betting Tim and Eric had a lot of influence on this guy mm-hmm. who made this one. Yeah, that makes so these. much sense. Yeah, probably a lot of them too. Awesome. So, Jason, what's the uh, what's the next one we're going to talk about? The last film we're talking about today is called The Back Rooms, parentheses, found footage. Fuck. By Kane Pixels. So, the this <clears throat> little 9-minute film uh basically follows a kid that gets into this building 
I don't, I don't know if he was there for a job interview or something. I can't remember right now. He drops through a manhole, he, doesn't he? No, he, okay. I'll, I'll just spoil it. Cause I watched the other videos, but, oh, yeah. um, it starts off with them filming a, a little home movie. He yep. and his friends and the filmmaker looks like he trips and falls backwards, but he, he falls into another dimension. Oh, Okay. Wakes and, up and he doesn't know where he's at. Yep. And so most of this film is, so he has a camera and is, so it, this is the most actual found footage genre feeling of the films tonight. Um, so it's just him basically walking through this enormous building with very symmetrical design. Uh, it's just, Really How insane. How did they do this? Well, ah, great it, question. What do you? I mean, it looks like a real building, right? And but, it goes but on like, forever. there's no way a building, yeah, exists that has these walls, these walls over yeah, and over like, and over the same wall. Yeah, it was like, huh. like du- it was like Duke Nukem or Doom or Doom. <laughs> oh yes, or something. yes. I mean, I thought lot. that exactly. Uh huh. And so during this kid's travels, uh, she hears noises. He. Looks behind him, and there's some uh, strange creature following him around. Um, and he tries to get the hell away from this thing, and it's scary as hell. And he falls down some holes, and he falls out of a hole in the middle of the sky and plummets. That's a, uh, it's so, not really a spoiler because there's there's several of these in the series. And he falls to the ground. Camera survives long enough to film a little of that. So the ending then is him falling back into our dimension. Our dimension. Yeah. Uh, so this, the crazy part about this one is that it was only released on January 7th of this year, <laughs> three months ago. Isn't this crazy? Like the this first, whole thing is spawned in like a. In the first few weeks, it had 9 million views. And I just checked wow. and it was up to 21 million views in just these three months. Now, thanks to the show, it's going to double that. Probably double. The Can 21. they get less views? <laughs> I don't think they undo views on YouTube. Um, I personally haven't watched more, but I there's this. I don't know how many there are, but there's more in this series. And I've read that you have to kind of, if you watch them in the right order, it tells somewhat of a story. Yep. It explain, explains what's explains going on. It is bigger it than, of, it yeah. is a bigger universe and a bigger story than what's going on in this first nine minute part, which is very interesting. But the nine minutes plays great on its own. It really you does. really don't need all those yeah. others. That's and, good. And if you're somebody like me that, doesn't want more stuff explained. I mean, there's it. It, it doesn't like the 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 explanation videos don't really give you a super ton. Sure. So it, there's still a lot of mystery about it that makes it that makes it still creepy. But this this thing could just play perfectly on its own, just fine. And and it's really creepy because you don't know what's going on, and it's it's just so so much dread of like. Because every this time this guy goes terrifying. around, the creature's terrifying yeah. and so unnatural. Yep. And it every, moves weird. Yeah, it yeah. moves weird. Every time this guy turns a corner, it's just another freaking long hallway, you know, uh, of this, this drab office building. A, a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Then, and then they had that, that one little small creature that was fast as shit. He comes barreling around the corner. 
Did you see that one? That part? Yeah. yeah. Oh God. So, I mean, like he's he's getting threats from you know all sides. Yeah, it's a crazy little film. Crazy little film. It it almost reminded me, you know, when he goes into he he goes into that other certain room with like the filing cabinets and like the uh, a lot of the windows. It almost kind of reminded me of that, like that home base in, in Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> at least, at least yeah. that's where my mind went. But um, yeah, completely unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, I I thought it was awesome. I got some as above, so below vibes from it. Oh, that's oh, a good yeah. comparison. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah. I yeah, just the the idea of being trapped in this endless maze of this drab office building is it's just so terrifying, and then being chased by a monster on top of that. But uh, uh, I just uh, I am just in awe on how this was made. I cannot. I mean, obviously there has to be digital effect work going on, but well, when you when you when it looks so shitty that there's only you know 14 pixels on the screen <laughs> like in theory it anyone with after effects or you know should be able to i don't know but yeah it's, i don't know it looked the environment amazing. looked really real to me you know it sure does yeah within this found footage vhs vibe and there's that one part where he gets to where now this reminded me towards the end of the cube where he comes to that, that that doorway or whatever, and it like like maybe like a five foot gap between it and the next corridor of of office rooms, but but there's like this all this like empty space below and above it, like that was that was amazing looking too. There was one shot in particular that really I really liked. Um, I don't even know how to explain it because everything is just so similar throughout this thing <laughs> through this maze. But there's one shot. He comes around the corner at this one point, and it's just this. It looks like this just infinite, like um, like a block at the top of the ceiling, a block at the bottom of the ceiling, left and right or whatever. And it just looks like it goes on forever. And it's kind of a it's kind of an eye trickery, mindfuckery thing. Because at one point, my eyes were fixated on it, and it was doing this eye trick thing where it almost looked like the room is breathing to me. Mm. <clears throat> and it, I mean, it wasn't, it was just my eyes playing a trick on me, but I, I, I don't know if they were going with that for that because just the way that shot was looked, it really, really created a cool little, um, magic eye trick. But uh, you know, somebody made reference to um, the VHS movies earlier, and this one felt like it belongs in a VHS movie, but better than some of the segments. I was gonna say better than most segments from the VHS series, and I love the VHS series. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but I freaking love, love, love this. I yeah. definitely got the uh, Doom and like Duke Nukem vibes that Andy did too, <laughs> like, like yep. running through random rooms, and it felt like yeah, sort of almost like, like a no. scrolling video game. But um, again, like. Another nightmare. This guy could have used a shotgun. (laughs) Yeah. What's the opposite of like claustrophobia, where it's like the ever big? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like it never ends. Like I need to get the fuck out of here. And how did I get here? How do I get out? Um, Feeling is yeah over. It's weird. Uh, The maze in The Shining, or you know, the the labyrinth in Hellraiser Two, or whatever. Yeah. 
Have you guys ever heard of um, the of the guy who does YouTube videos? I think his name is Matt Pat or something like that. He does these theory videos. He's got he's got different series. He's got film theories. He's got food theories, and he's got game theories. Because no, no, nothing. Um, I watch a lot of his videos because they're they're just fun. He does these like crazy theories on things and goes into way too much um, um, research <laughs> to prove or disprove his theory. Um, one of them that I would recommend watching is um, Does Jason Voorhees Teleport? And it's awesome because he disproves it even in Friday the 13th Part 8 that Jason Jason can get to and from each of his locations in that movie naturally without having to <laughs> teleport. Anyway, he does one on um, the back rooms, and I usually agree with a lot of the stuff the guy says in his videos. He's rather convincing in his theories, um, but he does like how to survive the back rooms, and I disagree with him on this one. Because you remember the remember the scene? Um, he he has some really good points on how to survive the back rooms, but one point, you remember the scene where the guy he walks past that dumpster and there's that pile of rope there. You guys, remember that at all? Yeah. No. Mm, yeah. In one of the in one of the hallways, there's this random dumpster, and in a pop, and in a pile of rope next to the dumpster, and the guy who doing these uh, theory videos, he's like, "What you do is you grab the rope to use for later, and you see if there's anything. You look in the dumpster. You look what's in the dumpster for anything useful." And I'm like, "Dude, you have never seen a horror movie then, because <laughs> if you are in a horror movie situation, you never look in the dumpster. Are you kidding me?" I mean, I yeah, I would take the rope. <laughs> you don't look in the dumpster. Okay, all right. Um, so good. I'm glad you guys had a good time with these videos and this topic in general. Before we move on, I have two things. Okay, cool. Uh, so I get it, but I don't get it, and I need you guys' help. But I don't know that I love the name of this genre. Like analog, what? yeah, because if it's a digital only medium, it's like then that confusing. Yeah, I think no. just they're calling it analog because it. of the use of the materials that people are making these videos out of, like old videotapes and stuff. I but know. I don't, I don't know <laughs> that they are. So that brings me to my second point. Um, I know your um, intro uh, made us all sound old, but this is definitely going to bury me in the old category. But the thing I don't like about these and this whole genre is that it's it's just editing. It's just an editing exercise, and I don't love it. I don't I don't love putting filters on your Robert Rodriguez movies and your quentin tarantino movies and you're trying to make it look this way or that way and and like when i first started i mean i like these movies and they're great and they're everything we said definitely awesome but also i also don't like them because it just seems like kids in a room just practicing their editing well one and they're I, doing a very effective job with it um <sighs> i think back in the day we would, would have, we would have <laughs> called these experimental films maybe and that's what I do like about these is because it feels like this You've is never kind said of, that before. You don't even <laughs> li- you don't like experimental. Depends on the experimental film. 
Like a, a guy who like takes his camera and films his feet walking down the sidewalk for ten minutes. That's not an experimental film. <laughs> but how many of those have you seen? Too many. Too many. Um, but an experimental film where you were literally experimenting with the medium and still managed to like tell somewhat kind of a story or entertain me in some capacity. That is a true experimental film to me. And that's what these videos are for me. They're experimenting with the with the medium. And yes, it is all in editing, but it actually even reminds me of films, little videos I used to do back in back in uh, junior high before I met somebody who owned a video camera and I wanted to make movies so bad I would just like splice videotapes together and put in different audio over top of it. Used to do that kind. Of, so like this was that that made it even more of a nostalgia fun for me watching these. Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. I love them because they do tell stories. They are setting out what they're meaning to do. They are short films. But then the old guy in me is just like, <laughs> it's bullshit because it isn't. None of you even fucking held a VHS tape before. So <laughs> fucking knock it off and go film a movie like a normal person. Sorry. Go but grab your mind. You know, but, but I, these people aren't probably don't consider them film self filmmakers. It's a whole different medium. All right, they're YouTubers and they just need the subs. I know. Yeah, I know. I I'd rather call them filmmakers. And that's what. That's another them. reason they need to get off my lawn. <laughs> well, you can at least give credit to the back room as far back rooms as far as being more of a short film. Yeah, somebody held a camera, so yeah. they that and, that one counts to me. Okay, I, for okay, sure. Okay. For sure. Oh, I still I like them all. I like all of these. <laughs> I just it also pisses me off. Anyway, so anyway, thanks, Tad. This is awesome. Um, yes, I have thanks. something I can talk to my kids about now. So <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> they all think you're cool now. Yeah, that's yeah. all I wanted. Fit fit in. Yeah, I want to thank you, Tad, as well, because I've had a blast with this, and and it's not over for me. I'm, I'm still watching this shit. We'll um, have to do a second uh, episode sometime. Yeah, maybe Easy to do. Uh, and I feel like there's going to be more coming at this rate, but, uh, I do want to throw out a couple honorable mentions to the Mandela catalog. Um, videos are, are a lot of fun. Uh, I originally had that on the list and I was going to make you guys watch all of them. <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, sitting down watching all those at once is probably way too much because they're, they're weirder than the ones that we watched and takes and kind of jumps around a bit more than the ones that we watched. Uh, but basically, that one, what I take out of it is uh, replicants are taking over, and uh, they're out to kill us. Uh, another series that I um, watched, probably my least favorite of the ones that I've watched, but still has some fun, some cool stuff in it. The Gemini Home Video. Um, those are like um, are doing their own versions of low produced how to. <laughs> Uh, videos, instructional videos, and other types of industrial type videos cool. um, that take a dark twist to uh-huh. to the end at the end of them. Um, but uh, but a lot of them take too long to get to the dark twist, and then sometimes the dark twist is either too abrupt or not enough. So so the, I always pretended co- that we prescribed films did an industrial series where we would like this is. You know when you're me- when you're working on this machine, safety first, so that you and then you cut your arm off and blood goes everywhere. And we should I just do those. Assumed we'd do those someday. Why haven't we done? I know. <sighs> cool. 
All right. Anybody else have anything they want to add? Final thoughts on this topic? Learning is cool. Yeah, I'm surprised that, well, I guess maybe not. I was going to say I was surprised that stuck in your old ways, Mike and Andy uh, <laughs> could, but then I'm like, oh, it's just referencing old shit that you like anyway. So yeah, there you yeah, go. So it, um, it's cool. <laughs> I'm, I just find this, it's refreshing that we are actually all agreeing on something. I know, also once. weird. I know, yeah, there's no... Never happens. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm, that even makes me more excited because I, again, <laughs> good job, Ted. Yes, great job, Ted. When I made you the picked f- out the, the films, though, man, that's always the scary <laughs> part. And I had to, and I had to do two rounds of it. I'm like, wait a minute, guys, don't watch any of these yet. I'm starting over. <laughs> it's so, good. Thank you. All right, cool. Well, that is it for our topic of analog horror. I hope you all learned a thing or two like we did. Check some of these videos out, I think they're a lot of fun. Really creepy, really cool. Uh, But don't worry, there's still more show to come. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it'll be the segments portion of the show. Uh, We'll be back soon, but first you are going to hear a promo for our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The PFPN is home to 30 different shows, including Beauty and the Screams, which is an independent podcast by Jennifer Lee and Emily Ann, two sisters that are very diverse in personality and opinion. They tackle the dark and dreary to try to keep you all entertained. You can check out Beauty and the Scream and all the shows on the network at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show. Our first segment is our chance to hear from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with shoutouts. It's time for shoutouts. 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 All right, it's shoutouts time. And we ask, what are your favorite films from the new emerging subgenre of analog working title horror? I don't get to rename it, do I? No. Okay. <laughs> what would you rename it? Uh, I'll work on it. I'll get back to you. Okay. So we, uh, since it's new, we didn't have a, a whole lot of replies, uh, comments, but uh, we got a few. Up first, we got Brian Clark, and he says, I don't know if any of you guys watched this video to see if he's crazy or if he actually understood the question but i don't click anything that brian links that's probably smart that's smart (laughs) (laughs) well brian says the music video for all nightmare long by metallica is awesome cool brian i'm i i'm sure okay i'll keep going Uh, i happen to dig the song but if you're not a fan of the band it works perfectly well as a standalone piece of visual storytelling on mute so None of us 
we're just gonna take your word for it and i'm sure it's really cool and i'll probably click on it at some point let us know how it is before you, you're the one that clicks on it <laughs> it's just a link to that waterworks movie oh probably <laughs> it's probably tricked us all <laughs> son of a bitch. i wouldn't put that past them though to be honest not you water would know power how, water how to power. That, water power, that's the big sorry. thing he would he wouldn't know how to do it because he's an old grumpy man that's true too all right we got lisa with the bad movie bunny podcast she says the youtube channel Nightmind. Is a gold mine for this. Oh, cool. I don't know that one. And I started watching Back Rooms, and I like it so far. Yeah. Heck, yeah. Yes. So good. And then we got she our- She knows. She's cool. She knows. She's <laughs> hip. She's down with it, like the kids. And the, oh, God. And the TikTok. So Tim <laughs> Lennerer <laughs> says, speaking of cool kids, we got Tim Lennerer. He says, Channel 58's contingency is a public service announcement calling for a all good Americans to kill their families and pets and then themselves. It's the best one of these I've ever seen. I agree, Tim. That one was my favorite too. And then he says, also, SCP-701, The Hanged King's Tragedy, features a repurposed photo of a fashion exhibit. Imagine this popping up in the background of a play before the cast starts killing themselves and each other. I did click on that picture. That's creepy as shit. Oh, yeah, it is. All right, cool. And so nothing on Twitter, nothing on Instagram, but uh, guys, what? it's time. We got a voicemail. <gasps> here we go. Sweet. Listen up. Hey, everybody. Attacker Brian here for my bi-weekly phone call to rest <laughs> the crew. And it sounds like they're talking about analog horror this week. Well, I was born in 1978, before the internet, so I have no idea what the hell analog horror is. But now, I'm going to check it out, and I'm sure I will find some amazing stuff, and I'm interested to see what the guys talk about this week. So if you're like me, and you're old, and you don't know what the hell they're talking about, check it out and listen to the episode. Talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Have a great night. Bye. Godzilla! Thanks, Brian. All right, guys. So we got one more voicemail, but we got it's a question. Uh oh. Yeah, that's right. It's a movie question. And here we go. Listen up. Hello, Attack of the Killer Podcast. This is Aaron Reese from the Campfire Indoctrination Podcast. My question for you this week revolves around the movie Spencer, starring Kristen Stewart, who was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress. Uh, it's a British slow-burning drama that uh, uses a lot of horror tropes. It's set up like a horror film. Uh, has anyone seen it? Do you have it? What are your feelings on the horror credentials of this film by Pablo Lorraine? Thank you. Bye. All right, I'm going first. I haven't seen this movie, but uh, Mike and I watched the trailer um, before the show uh, to familiarize with it because I didn't know about it. But I personally think it looks freaking awesome. I don't think Mike would be into it so much, but I thought it was a good looking film. Probably not. I didn't. I didn't pay attention to Princess Di when she was alive. Know, yeah, head. but uh, Kirsten Stewart Stewart looked really good in it. I mean, she looked yeah, she like she looked acted like, her ass off. And, she looked like Princess Diana. And it looked I like a, was impressed with that. a kick-ass oh. biopic movie, but I don't... Nowhere in the trailer. <laughs> nowhere. nowhere. 
do I get any horror vibes? And Tad, you've seen it. What the hell is he talking about? What's it definitely uses, really? um, like he said, some horror tropes. I, I've actually, I think it was on my Oscar episode. Uh, Brian Crew might have mentioned that it sort of felt like an A twenty four horror movie at times. Oh, um, weird, beautifully exciting. shot. It has. It, I mean, it's. Oh. I, I mentioned on on my episode how it's filled with dread. It's it's um, the oh. dark side of her life that not a lot of people knew about. Um, the sort of pitfalls and yeah. hard life um it she led leading obviously up to her death but just um it's not all glamour and fame you know it's it, bad stuff comes with it um you don't really get your own life um you don't get to eat what you know you want and you don't get to do the things you want. I can definitely see some, I, I've seen a lot of people sort of say the horror stuff. Um, That's cool. Kristen Stewart even sort of talked about this publicly when they were, she was doing the rounds for um, promoting this movie. She sort of talked about like, she's so dedicated to the craft that she would have actually like vomited on screen, but they were like, no, we have ways Whoa. to make. So it looks like you're vomiting, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, she was freaking fantastic in it. It's it's not something I'll probably ever watch again because <laughs> it's not a happy go. Nope. I'm not gonna just, yeah. let's throw this one in, but it's definitely I could see you liking it, Jason, sure. for sure. Yeah. Um, and it definitely does have some some horror elements to it. It's not a happy film at all. That big, sounds nice. Big deal. Christian Stewart <laughs> wanted to puke on film. Big deal. Kane Hunter did that. Well, she sort of mentioned like I mean she was notorious <laughs> for this whole Oscar campaign was like. I don't really care if I win. Um, nice. She just thought it was a, uh, you know, a really sort of cool role, and she got really into it. And I love oh, like yeah. that her and um, Robert Pattinson both have like gone on from this Twilight thing where everybody and, and I hate that people are still doing still. this, but it's like, yeah. yeah, they're both killing it in these like really great drama dramatic yeah, films are. and. Uh, yeah, fantastic actors, really, truly fantastic. They've they're so good. Um, stop holding their past against them. Uh, oh no, you know, fantastic stuff. You know, it's it's it truly they they truly are both knocking out of the park. And um, I, I actually when I was in New York and was on the Jimmy Fallon show, she was a guest and uh, oh, cool. just promoting her sort of horror movie. I think it was uh, Ghost. I forget what it, what it was, but it was. Uh, it it was a pretty freaky one too. I think I mentioned it on the episode that year. Um, so she's doing some some really cool, interesting stuff too. Oh yeah, and she killed it in underwater. Holy cow! Yeah, right but, on. Yeah, no, that's cool. I just never in a million years thought we'd be talking about a Princess Diana movie on Attack of the Killer Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. So thank you, Aaron, for bringing it up. I already enjoyed the trailer, but man, that's cool that it's. It sounds really cool. I'll definitely check it out. But that is what we got for shout outs today. Remember that you too can get your voicemail, get your comment and question on the show. Give us a call 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail. Get on the show. And that's shout outs. But we're not done yet. It's get time to get crazy. Who knows what's going to happen next? It's time for Insane's Picks. Insane's Picks. 
For this Insane's Picks Hall of Fame, we induct a filmmaker whose films are literally larger than life. We induct oversized creature feature producer, director, writer, the original Notorious B.I.G. That's right, Bert I. Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Bert Ira Gordon born, was born September 24th, 1922. He was nicknamed Mr. B.I.G. by Forrest J. Ackerman. Um, cause that's his initials is big. And it's kind of, uh, interesting that he would make all these giant, big bug and monster movies. Uh, he is best known for writing and directing sci-fi and horror B movie films, such as King Dinosaur, Amazing Colossal Man, Earth versus the Spider, Village of the Giants and Empire of the Ants. Most of Gordon's work is, uh, <clears throat> Is f- most of Gordon's work is from the giant monster films, which he used year proje- projection to create his special effects. He began making home movies on 16mm after his aunt gave him a camera for his 13th birthday. He dropped out of college to join the Ar- Army Air Forces for World War II. After the war, he began making television commercials. He would later edit British feature films to fit a half an hour time slot, uh, his first work in movies was a product was as a production assistant and cameraman on the film The Serpent Island in 1954, directed by Tom Gry- Greer's Greis. Easy for you to say. The guy uh, who, who he made a lot of films back in the day, but we know him best as the ma- the maker of the TV movie Helter Skelter. We talked about on the show. Mm. In 1955, Bert I. Gordon made his first feature film, King Dinosaur. He was the writer, director, producer, and it was the first time he used the rear projection special effects that he would use a lot later on in his movies. He followed that up with The Cyclops in 1957, which co-starred Lon Chaney Jr. and Gloria Talbot. The movie is about an expedition to Mexico... Um, and on that expedition, they find a mutated 25-foot man with only one eye. In 1957, he began his association with American Inter- International Pictures, a beginning with The Amazing Colossal Man and the sequel in 1958, War of the Colossal Beasts. He would make many, many, many films with AIP. Uh, his next one was Earth versus the Spider, uh, he also made Beginning of the End, which is one of my favorites. It's about giant grasshoppers. And Attack of the Puppet People. He didn't always do giant creature feature films, though. Uh, one of my favorites of his non-giant beast films was Tormented in 1960, which was also an amazing Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. After Torment, uh, he wrote and produced... And directed Boy and the Pirates, starring uh, a very popular child actor at the time, Charles Herbert. And he also used his own daughter, Susan, in the film. Uh, he would often would come back to the oversized monster flicks. Uh, in 1965, he did Village of the Giants, uh, which features giant chickens. And the scariest of them all, Giant Teenagers. The movie also featured a very young Ron Howard in one of his early film roles. He would also do Food of the Gods in 1967, which has all kinds of giant creatures in it and everything from like 
um, giant maggots, the giant chickens, the giant wasps, and of course, giant rats. And then he also did Empire of the Ants in 1977. Uh, he seemed to retire when his last, when he did his last film in 1989 called Satan's princess, but no, he didn't stop there. <laughs> uh, he would go on to, he would make a comeback in 2015 of all places of all times with a film called secrets of a psychopath with Carrie Ruhr. Uh, luckily Bert I. Gordon is still with us, and I'm friend with, friends with him on Facebook. No big deal. He's a man who made quite a unique mark in the world of sci-fi and horror and revolutionized special effects back in his day. So we induct Bert I. Gordon into this episode of Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. And that, my friends, wraps up another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and a special thanks out to all the attackers who keep the show going. Attackers! We really appreciate it. This has been a fun one, diving into analog horror, even though Jason hates that title. Uh, So until next time, remember, the moon is watching you, maybe because you no longer watch it. And this ends our broadcast day. Oh no, could this be the end of? Attack of the killer! 